0: You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello, and welcome to Absent Minded. My name is Jared Book. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that as soon as we stopped recording Patrick and I on our special episode for the Esbury Kotkaniemi offer sheet and the Canadians choosing not to match, we knew that there was going to be another trade. We didn't necessarily know it was going to be within a, an hour or so, but it was. So here's another solo edition of absent minded Extra after Patrick had an episode last week when the offer sheet was made official. Christian Dvorak. The name doesn't sound as positive as Jesperi Kotkaniemi, or should I say the idea of Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And it doesn't have the same ring as even someone like Philip Dano, who the Canadians obviously, you can make the argument, should have probably kept in the organization knowing what we know now. Of course, we didn't necessarily know at the time, and you can argue that it, it you know, it it's it's regrettable at this point. And I'm sure maybe even Philip Deneau feels that way because where he would have maybe seen himself as third in line behind Nick Suzuki and Jesper Kutkaniemi, he would have been probably second in line behind Nick Suzuki. So it's going to be interesting how that goes forward. But let's talk a little bit about the new Montreal Canadiens addition in Christian Dvorak. He's not the name that necessarily would have Wanted if if you had your choice of the centers available, meaning you know Jack Eichel, Evgeny Kuznetsov, maybe even someone like Thomas Hurdle, who is probably not going to get an extension in San Jose. But what they did get is they got somebody who can play a little bit of a part of what Nick Suzuki did a year ago, play a little part of what Philip Danault did a year ago. And if you expect Jake Evans to play a role that either Jesperi Kutkaniemi or Philip Deneau played a year ago, then the Canadians are not much worse off than they were. I don't think that the Montreal Canadians in 2021-22 in, in 20, are worse off with Christian Vorak over Jesperi Kutkaniemi. Whether they're much better off is is a different is a different story. But when you look at this team, I do think that there's an opportunity to be interesting, and and I think this is going to be a little bit of shift a shift from where the Canadians were even four months ago when we were talking about the Stanley Cup final. This is a team now that is looking to outscore you rather than out-defend you. Part of that is because Philip Deneau is gone. But part of it is just because of who they have on their team now. You don't add a a Cole Caulfield or a Mike Hoffman or even a a Christian Dvorak if you're looking to necessarily hold teams to 2-1 games. And the hope, I, I I would guess, is that you get a bunch of power play goals, whether it's from Mike Hoffman, whether it's from Cole Caulfield, whether it's from Christian Dvorak, who had a, a lot of power play goals a year ago in Arizona. So the, the hope is that the, the power play ends up being very good and that the difference in the goals that you score on the power play end up more... You're adding more goals rather than subtracting. You know, adding more goals for to offset what you might get in more goals against without Philip Deneau and and without Jay Weber. Let's, Let's be honest here. It will be interesting to see what Dominic Ducharme does. He has a lot of options. And I think that a lot of people who don't like this trade-off are looking at it for the player that they wanted Jesperi Kotkaniemi to be rather than the player that he was. That's not to say that he will never get to the player that people expected of him when he was picked third overall, what people expected from him, even in his first NHL season. So for me, it's hard to separate the two. But at the same time, you know, Christian Dvorak was on a junior team in the London Knights who was, he was the captain of the team that had Mitch Marner, Matthew Kachuk, had Robert Thomas, who was a little bit younger. Those London Knight teams are obviously very good. had Oliu Ulevi, Max Jones, had Victor Mete. Not exactly bad teams, and Christian Dvorak actually outscored Matthew Kachuk in the Memorial Cup of that year with the Knights. He outscored Mitch Marner in the regular season. We're not talking about a guy who has no offensive ability. Now obviously that doesn't always translate to the NHL, but in his last two seasons Christian Dvorak put up more points per game than Jesperi Kotkaniemi has in his three-year NHL career. Christian Dvorak is not a bad player. You can argue he's a better player NHL player right now than Kotkaniemi is. So. When, when you look at things like this, it, it, it you have to separate the two. There is a chance that Ispari Kinyemi will become the player everyone thought he would be at the draft, or, or at least the people who were high on him thought he would be. But are you willing to gamble $6.1 million of cap space on that, not only for one year, but for... For several years. Because let, let's put it this way. Let's say the, the Canadians match the offer. And this is something I didn't really get into with Patrick in our last episode. So I, I do want to point out because I thought about it afterwards. Let's say you match the $6.1 million. And the Aspericot doesn't take the step forward this season that you expect him to. You have two options. You can either qualify him which he would likely accept because he won't sign when his value has gone down. He won't sign a a, a long-term deal at less money or at least what, what Mark Bergevin would be willing to pay for him. So if you don't want to do that and get locked into another one-year contract, the only other option is to not qualify him, which makes him an unrestricted free agent. So, in, in a year from now, Mark Bergerman would put potentially, or whoever takes over as general manager of the Canadians, as Mark Bergerman is in his last year of his contract and has yet to sign an extension. But whoever would be the general manager of the Canadians next July would have to decide whether they wanted to pay Esperi Katkinemi around $6 million or let him walk as an undersecretive free agent just a year after they could have gotten a first-round pick and a third-round pick for him. So it it wasn't an easy decision. And like I said to to Patrick in our earlier episode, and listen to that if if you haven't, because it's it's not too out of date, because we did talk about more Kinyemi than Dvorak. But if you didn't listen to that episode, or even if you did, you have to consider what you value Jesperi Karkinemiya. And obviously, Marc Bergevin was not sold on him, either because of you know, him, him trading him or they they couldn't deal with the development in, in a contention situation. And look, the playoffs are a perfect example of that. They didn't feel that he was better than Jake Evans. They didn't feel that he was better than Eric Stahl in, in the postseason. And they scratched him. So, if you don't feel like he's there right now, why would you pay him on the hope of that? And, and that's what Carolina's doing, but the Carolina's in a different situation. They didn't invest a third overall pick on Jesperi Kotkaniemi. It's more of a lottery ticket for Carolina. They just paid their $5 in the form of a first and a third round pick. Whereas the Canadians have invested and can't afford to lose him for nothing. If, if Carolina does not choose to qualify Yisperi Kakinyemi at the end of next season because he didn't perform and they don't feel like he's, they couldn't come to an agreement on a long-term deal or whatever, then all they lost is a first round pick and a third round pick. The Toronto Maple Leafs lost a similar amount to that for a few games of Nick Foligno. It's worth the gamble for them, but the situation is different for Mark Bergevin, and I think that's what we saw with the decision not to match. So, what will Christian Devorak bring to the Canadians? I think he's going to bring a little bit of Nick, a little bit of Nick Suzuki. In terms of his ability offensively, especially on the power play. And I think he's going to bring a little bit of Philip the No. He's not going to be a shutdown, surefire defensive center, but he's not going to be a player that can be exploited either. He can kill penalties. He can play on the power play. He, in, in a way, He's what people wanted Kat Kinyemi to be. But wanting something to be a certain way is not necessarily what's going to happen. The reality is that between weird COVID years, weird, you know, coaching changes, between injuries, whatever it was. Yes, Kakanyemi never took a step up after his rookie season. He has been good in the playoffs. He was very good in, in in the two playoffs. The last two years. But but that consistency was not there. Will Christian Dvorak be better? That's that's to see. But he has been better at the NHL level. Did the Canadians pay a little bit over what they should have? Possibly. But they had the picks to work with. Uh, you know, The worst case scenario is that it's the 11th overall pick. That's not a game breaker when you have an, another first round pick in the draft and two second rounders. It's not the end of the world. But it was important for Mark Bergevin to get something out of this and not just hope that Jesper Kinyemi could take the next step because they've been hoping for the last two years. You can argue that he shouldn't have been the pick. You can argue that he shouldn't have been in the NHL in his first year. I don't think it matters at this point. You can't change that. It's done. It's over. Would the Canadians be a much better team with Brady Kachuk? I don't think so. If you gave me the choice of picking anybody else at number three that wasn't, yes, Brady Kachuk and I'd probably pick Quinn Hughes. Brady Kachuk is a very good player. I don't think that he is necessarily the best player they could have had. That's just my opinion. we've seen what teams with lots of good wingers do. The Canadians have done that. adding Brady Kachuk to their group of wingers, I don't think it moves the needle but again that's just my opinion. Quinn Hughes maybe not maybe not might not move the needle either. let's be honest, but at least he would add something that the Canadians don't already have. We'll have plenty more. On Absent Minded, with some guests. Training camp is just around the corner. The top 25 under 25 is continuing, although it's probably a top 24 under 25 at this point. But keep Absent Minded uh, in mind throughout the next couple of weeks. HabsEyesEyesEnterprise.com is our website that you can also go to with lots of analysis throughout this. We're, we're not done talking about this, I don't think, for a while, and <laughs> it's probably going to go on all year. My name is Jared Book. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Absolute Life.